This is CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Welcome to Another World That Sounds Like You. This radio program is part of a multi-faceted project produced by South Asian Visual Arts Center in collaboration with Gallery TPW and is currently on view until April 1st. The project is curated by Tulin Tuk in collaboration with Heather Canlis Rig and Neda Baba and includes an exhibition and a program of events that features sound-based works engaging the act of collective listening and communal sound-making. We ask, what is the role of listening to sounds, chants, and musics in social movements? How do they both inform and incite each other? How does listening transmit through the body and mind to generate immaterial social relations and reverberations? And how does listening together transform our thinking from individualism to collectivism, whether transitory or permanent? We want to explore these questions as we listen together yet apart on Radio Waves. I'm Annie Wong, Curator of Programming and Public Engagement at Gallery TPW, and today I will be your host. Today we move to Portugal for Urak Shahan's sonic essay, Love Song Revolution. Shahan is of Iraqi and Dutch descent, and her artistic practice explores the politics of image, sound, and speech in relation to power and effect. Working mainly with sound, video performance, and writing, her projects are entangled with found materials and narratives, historic as well as current, often as informed by her family's history of political migrations. In Love Song Revolution, she asks, Can a love song start a revolution? Referencing the Portuguese Carnation Revolution of 1974, which was known to have been triggered by a love song played on a radio. Departing from the song, Shahan goes on to explore more recent instances of political songs and sounds. While some are explicitly political, other sounds are more implicitly or accidentally politicized through their adaptation in contexts. Underlying these sounds is a series of questions. Where can dissonance and dissidence be located within our own lives? Is there a place in the public sphere for those unamplified voices inside our heads? The soft voices that speak of fear, doubt, powerlessness, and precarity? Can the revolution include our heartbreak and exhaustion as well as our courage and defiance. A note to our listeners, we will be playing an excerpt of the work. The entirety of the piece can be heard as part of the exhibition at Gallery TPW. This is an excerpt of Urak Shahan's Love Song Revolution. is from Portugal. Didi Push do Adeus, sung by Paulo de Carvalho. 27 years old, he was born in Lisbon, 
competed in the Portuguese Song Contest for many years, but got his first success this year, which is why he's happy, because he's coming to Brighton. Joining forces with Jose Calvario, who wrote the song for 1972 for Portugal. So, Portugal now, and then to love. In the year 1974, this song was the Portuguese submission for the yearly European Song Contest. This is the same year that saw the now well-known Swedish band ABBA winning the song contest with their song Waterloo. Meanwhile, Portugal's entry, O Depois de Adios, Wa Ba'del Wada, and After the Farewell, well, it ended up in the very last place. However, one week later, the song took on a very special role. This was May Day in Lisbon, one week after the regime of Marcelo Caetano was destroyed in a military coup, and infectiously happy people celebrated the restoration of freedoms taken from them almost 50 years ago. <laughs> 200,000 people took to the streets, strewing red carnations and dancing with the troops. A blaring chorus of car horns clashed with the chant a united people will never be defeated. Censorship was at an end, freedom of speech restored, elections promised, and most important of all, the end of Portugal's colonial wars in Africa seemed at last to be an attainable goal. How did you know whether everybody in the army agreed with you? Well, uh, we had some uh, signs in the radio. Secret messages? Yes. Can it, two, can... two songs. Two songs? Tell me about it. How did, how did this work? Well, at uh, about uh, 50 minutes past 11 of the 25th. <laughs> of the 25th of April? One song in the radio. What was the song called? Goodbye. And after that, uh, after midnight, another song, uh, Bandler. What happened? What, what were the instructions? What was one supposed to do when you heard this music? And After the Farewell was played on the radio as a secret signal, marking the start of the military coup. And after After the Farewell, we will listen to the second song that the people of Portugal heard on the radio. The role of this second song was to signal that the coup and the revolution were going according to plan. The second song is titled Grandula by Zeca Afonso, whose songs had mostly been banned under the dictatorship. But first, we will listen back to a fragment of After the Farewell, which is possibly the first time in history that a revolution is ignited by a love song. Okay. 
quem sou O que faço aqui Quem me abandonou De quem me esqueci Perguntei por mim Quis saber de nós Mas o mar não me traz Tua voz Em silêncio, amor Em tristeza, enfim Prendo la vila morena, terra da fraternidade. O povo é quem mais ordena dentro de ti a cidade. Dentro de ti a cidade. O povo é. Quem mais ordena Terra da fraternidade Grande da vida morena Em cada esquina um amigo em cada rosto igualdade Grandola Vila Morena Terra da Fraternidade Terra da Fraternidade Grandola Vila Morena Well, 
الامل بهالجايا والامل سر الحياه لكن بتمر السنوات وكل ما بتمر سنه عمرنا ينقص سنه هذه السنه سنه This year is a year unlike any other year. That year, when this monologue by Aziz Ali was recorded and broadcast on television, was the year of 1958. The monologue, which is a form of musical satire, refers to the July Revolution, Thawrat Tammuz. This is the revolution that ended the monarchy of Iraq which was architected by the British, and turned Iraq into a republic for the first time in its history. Aziz Ali's songs and monologues had been previously banned, and he was regularly arrested and imprisoned as a direct result of his music and lyrics. He's known for speaking out against censorship and for his sharp, elegant, satirical, tongue-in-cheek critiques of the political order and corrupt elements of society. And indeed, corrupt elements of art and culture. After the Ba'athist first counter-military coup in 1963, all of Aziz Ali's songs and monologues were banned yet again. However, beside banning political songs and artworks and productions that were clearly critical of the government or that spoke of freedom, the Iraqi Ba'athist party also banned songs and artistic productions that had nothing to do with politics and that did not even have an inch of a political goal. Among these productions is a song by Maida Nazhat. Sadly, the surviving recording is not of the best quality, but we'll listen to a small fragment of the song. From its title, you will get a clue as to why the Iraqi Ba'athist party banned the song. The song is called Ya Umm al-Fustan al-Ahmar, which translates to The Girl in the Red Dress. <laughs> And just to further clarify the Ba'athist paranoia and their fear of communism, during the time, in the 60s, the public transport buses in Iraq were imported from Britain, of course, as one of the leftovers of the British colonial rule over Iraq. And despite the fact that these double-deckers were British and not, say, Bolshevik, 
these buses were still, well, red colored. And so the Bathists painted all of the buses green. في 
وفي الكنائس والجوامع وفي الحواري والشوارع وعلى الاهاوي وعلى البراد جبارة مات جبارة مات كيفارا استاد كيفارا استاد كيفارا استاد latest news on the radios in the churches in the mosques in the alleys on the streets in the cafes and in the bars كيفارا استاد We have just heard Givaramat, Givara died, a poem by the late Egyptian poet Ahmed Fuad Negim, recited by Negim himself during a television appearance in 1984. As one article notes, Negim remained committed to the phonic aspect of language as a medium in its own right. He invented and inverted words and made obscure sounds meaningful. And because sound is part of the thing itself, most of his verses are famously untranslatable. Negim's poetry is not meant to be read, but recited, or better, to be sung loudly in public with many others. And indeed, it is largely through song and his famous collaboration with Sheikh Imam that Egypt and the Arab world came to know of him and his poetry. The poet and the musician collaborated extensively throughout the 60s and 70s, often while running from Nasser's and Sadat's Mukhabarat, the secret service. Legend has it that the two men would pack for prison before going to perform protest songs, always expecting to be jailed. Santiago, damun fi shawara. Santiago, damun fi al-masana. Damun fi al-buyut, afawqa sawari al-sufun. Santiago, Santiago. Santiago, Santiago, 
يستيقظ فيها الحزن والصبح المفاجئ سانتياغو شارك فوق صدور العمال طفلة تسكن في البحر وفي عيني حبيبي سانتياغو Santiago, blood on the streets. Santiago, blood in the factories. Blood in the homes. Blood in the station. In 1973, after the fascist killings of the teacher and singer Victor Jara, the murder of writer Pablo Neruda, among many other intellectuals, Iraqi communists organized many political and cultural events and manifestations in solidarity and support of their comrades in Chile. One of the most prominent manifestations was Usbu' al-Tadamun, the Baghdad Week of Solidarity with Chile, which took place in September 1973 at Jamiyat al-Fannanin al in Baghdad. The week included art exhibitions, theater, poetry recitals, live music, and song. Jafar Hassan had been a member of the Iraqi Communist Party since the early 1970s. He had a band called Ar-Ruwad with his sister Elham Hassan and Kokab Hamza. During the week of solidarity with Chile, they sang La tis'alni an anwani, Don't ask me about my address, and Santiago as well as other songs. The festival created a big stir. Up until that point, Jafar Hassan had been working in a school as a teacher and coordinator of all the musical activities. Not long after his participation in the Week of Solidarity, he was fired. In the following years, he worked as an editor at the publishing press of Tariq al-Shab which was the newspaper of the Iraqi Communist Party and, by the way, still exists today. Between 1974 and 78, almost like a broken record, the Ba'athist Secret Service would arrest Jafar Hassan and imprison him numerous times, usually whenever he would perform or when one of his songs gained importance and circulation. In 1978, he was finally forced to go into exile settling in the socialist, newly established People's Democratic Republic of Yemen, or South Yemen for short. There, he established a new band called Ashid in 1979. Formally, it was called Firqat Ashid Lil Ugniya Siyasiya, Ashid Music Ensemble for the Political Song. We will listen to a recording of Jafar Hassan performing La Tis'alni An Anwani, Don't Ask Me About My Address, in 1982 together with the young members of the Ashid Music Ensemble, which in fact was the central ensemble of the Yemeni Democratic Socialist Youth Union. Tell me 
ابدا ابدا انا بيتي في كل مكان لا تسالني عن عنواني Take one. She's leaving her father's house, going to her neighbor's house. She passed me without saying hi. Maybe the pretty one is mad at me. Baghdad, Iraq, mid-1950s. Iraqi singer, Nadam Ghazali. Oh, <laughs> 
You just listened to an excerpt of Ura Shahan's Love Song Revolution. And I am joined with Aneta Baba, who will share some thoughts about the work. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Neda Baba. I wear many different hats from artist to arts worker. And for this project in particular, I played the role of programming coordinator and collaborator working alongside my incredible colleagues, Tuneen Tulk and Heather Canlis-Rigg. So today we're going to talk a bit about Iraq's piece. Uh, I just want to begin by asking, what are some of your first impressions of the work and do you have any personal connections? Uruk's piece admittedly entered my mind in an incredibly impactful way, not only because of the powerful political messages it delivers, but because as a fellow Iraqi, it's very personal for me and elicits a myriad of memories, uh, not only to the songs and chants that I hear in the work, uh, which are very personal for me, but also in the sense that this piece brings me to other pieces, other songs, other works that um, I heard a lot throughout my life. And so when I was growing up at home, a song that I would often hear my family play was called Chal Chal Alay Al Roman, which means uh, the branches of the pomegranate tree dangled over me. And the earliest recording I know of is by Yusuf Omar. So in it, he sings, Chal chal alay al ruman, no me fizali, hadal halu marida, waduni al ahli. The song has two meanings. One, it can be interpreted as a love song. You know, it can be interpreted as the meaning that we initially hear. So he says, when the branches of the pomegranate tree dangled over me, the lemon tree came to my rescue. I don't want to be with this handsome man. I don't want this handsome man. Just take me to my people. The fact that it immediately reads as a love song, I think, is what makes it so politically captivating. Because the double entendre behind it is that the pomegranate tree is symbolic of the Ottomans who ruled over Iraq for many, many years. And the lemon tree is symbolic of the British who then invaded Iraq while Iraq was under Ottoman rule and essentially brought Iraqis out of Ottoman rule, which was a positive thing in some ways, but not entirely, because then Iraq was, as Iraq mentions in the piece, architected by the British uh, as we know it today uh, and its structure as a country. After these two lyrics, he says, I don't want this handsome man. The handsome man he's referring to is both of them. He's referring to the Ottomans and to the English. He doesn't want either of them. He actually just wants to be with his people. He wants to be ruled by his people and Iraq governed by Iraqis for Iraqis. And so this brings me back to Uruk's question. Can a love song start a revolution? The piece really had me stirring with excitement, thinking about this lineage of double entendres, of insinuating meaning behind meaning as a way of saying, and as Oruk reminds us at the end of the piece, a loud voice never dies, which is my favorite part from the piece when they chant Sawt al-Ali Mut in Beirut. After being taken on this journey with Uruk, the end brings us to such a poetic, effective, 
conclusion. It's rhythmic. It's moving. There's just no way for me to listen to it without feeling the desire to celebrate, dance, march, to really take part in the movement. Wow, that was really gorgeous. Thank you so much for those reflections, Neta. I feel like your words and your ideas really do enrich in the work for me. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, is there anything else you'd like to share about, about the work? Yeah, I think, you know, when I first heard it, um, I was in my own space, in my room, and uh, the piece really reverberated across the walls in my home. But of course, what's most important about this show is this idea of listening and listening together. And so I'm really, really excited that for this piece in particular, we have the opportunity to do that because Uruk is going to be offering a live lecture performance called A Loud Voice Never Dies uh, on Friday, March 31st from 6 to 7 p.m. at Gallery TPW. And so I'm really looking forward to experiencing this in the space, listening to it with other people and feeling how how different that kind of lands uh, in my body versus how I've heard it prior to. So that's what I'm really looking forward to and I hope others are able to make it out as well. Amazing. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great event. Well, thank you so much, Neda Baba. Neda Baba is one of the co-curators of the exhibition Another World That Sounds Like You and who played a significant part in bringing all the magic together. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. On site, we have a few exciting events happening at Gallery TPW. On Thursday, March 30th, we have a listening session with Index 2 on the Iranian Revolution. And on the following night, March 31st, we are also excited to have Iraq Shahan herself perform in the gallery to be followed by a closing party of the exhibition. To learn more, visit gallerytpw.ca. As this is our last episode of Another World That Sounds Like You, thank you so much to our listeners for collectively tuning in with us. We hope to see you at the exhibition. And special thanks to the radio community here at CJRU. Visit cjru.ca to listen to other episodes of this project. <laughs>